Thank you for choosing to listen to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. Each of these messages were given by various faculty, staff, and friends of Emmaus Bible College. To view each series as a whole, or for more information about similar Emmaus ministries, please visit concerninghim.com. That's C-O-N-C-E-R-N-I-N-G-H-I-M.com. We've been traveling with the Apostle Paul throughout his missionary journeys and have spent some time now in the city of Ephesus. There's been a lot to discuss as Paul has remained in the city of Ephesus for about two years, uh, according to Acts chapter 19. Uh, We've seen the letters that he wrote to the church at Corinth and even a visit that is not recorded that he made to uh, the city of Corinth during this period. And now as we come to the end of uh, Acts chapter 19, uh, we are looking at a major event that took place at the end of this two-year period that affected not only the city of Ephesus and the church there, but really the church throughout Asia Minor. So we'll be looking at Acts chapter 19, and I'm going to start reading today in verse 21, and we'll read verses 21 through 29. Now after these events, Paul resolved in the Spirit to pass through Macedonia and Achaia and go to Jerusalem, saying, After I have been there, I must also see Rome. And having sent into Macedonia two of his helpers, Timothy and Erastus, He himself stayed in Asia for a while. About that time there arose no little disturbance concerning the way, for a man named Demetrius, a silversmith who had made silver shrines of Artemis, brought no little business to the craftsmen. These he gathered together with the workmen in similar trades and said, Men, you know that from this business we have our wealth." And you see and hear that not only in Ephesus, but in almost all of Asia, this Paul has persuaded and turned away a great many people, saying that gods made with hands are not gods. And there is danger not only that this trade of ours may come into disrepute, but also that the temple of the great goddess Artemis may be counted as nothing, and that she she may even be deposed from her magnificence, she whom all Asia and the world worship. When they heard this, they were enraged and were crying out, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians! So the city was filled with confusion, and they rushed together into the theater, dragging with them Gaius and Aristarchus, Macedonians who were Paul's companions in travel." Let's pray as we begin our study of this session. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for the opportunity that we've been given to read from your word, to listen and and think about what it has to say today. And we pray that as we consider this passage, your spirit would apply these truths to our hearts and that just as uh, when Luke's audience who heard the message of the book of Acts Uh, way back in the first century, heard these things, they would have been stirred up to faith and confidence in the Lord Jesus that your spirit would do the same work in our lives today. It's in his great name we pray. Amen. Well, after Paul has been in Ephesus for for quite some time now, in verse 10 of chapter 19, we read that he stayed for about two years. We're told that he resolved 
in the Spirit to pass through Macedonia on the other side of the Aegean and into Achaia. Macedonia is in the north, Achaia is in the south. And then to go after that to Jerusalem. After visiting Jerusalem, his intent was to go off to Rome, as we read in verse 21. Now, Paul would have known that there was a church in Rome about this time, since it would not uh, be not too long after this that he would write his letter to the Romans when he visited, uh, visited the church at Corinth uh, once again a little bit later uh, from this passage. We will look at this uh, not too many days from now as we consider Paul's letter to the Romans. We also read in verse 22 that Paul had already sent Timothy and Erastus, which is almost certainly the Erastus of Romans chapter 16 and verse 23, who was the city treasurer of the city of Corinth, and of whom we actually have a slab on the ground in the city of Corinth, which bears the name of this individual, most likely, uh, testifying to his important position in society in the city of Corinth. The gospel of Jesus Christ is for uh, both rich and poor, for wealthy and for those who are wanting. Uh, it levels the playing field. You don't need to belong to a certain social status in order to come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So Timothy and Erastus uh, had been sent by Paul into Macedonia ahead of him uh, to sort of prepare the way to talk to the churches and to tell them that Paul was going to be coming to them. Paul stays on in Asia for a, a while longer to continue the good work that was being done uh, there in the city of Ephesus. Now, verse 23 shows a change occurring in Ephesus. In order to understand this, this change and the event that transpires afterward, we have to understand the Greek world and the place of the city in Ephesus in that Greek world. Now, the Greeks worshipped many gods, of course. We've seen that uh, in our journey through Athens and through Corinth. And uh, typically would worship these gods by paying tribute to their representations or their idols. They would kneel before them, they would pray to them, they would sometimes kiss them, place money or coins at the statuettes of the deities, sometimes in their homes, sometimes in the streets, uh, sometimes even going and, and worshiping them in their temples. The city of Ephesus was home to the great temple of Artemis. It was one of the seven wonders of the ancient world, which would have been in antiquity larger even than the Athenian Parthenon on the Acropolis in the city of Athens. This would have been the source of much idol worship, not only in Ephesus, but throughout the surrounding Mediterranean area. Luke says that it was at this time that no little disturbance arose concerning the way, which is what they were calling Christianity at the time. There was a silversmith, a, an idol maker, by the name of Demetrius, who we are told made silver shrines of Artemis, 
and seems to have been something of a guild leader for the craftsmen in Ephesus. Now, uh, you can go online and find pictures of the statues of Artemis that have been found in the city of Ephesus. Artemis there has uh, many, it looks like, eggs or bulbs uh, surrounding her, and uh, historians still debate what these objects actually were and how they were associated with Artemis uh, in antiquity. Uh, Demetrius was the one now who brought the business, it seems, to the craftsmen there. It was something of like a, a guild leader. We might think of this in terms of like a, a union leader, union representative today, as we see in verse 24. Demetrius gathers the craftsmen together and rallied them together against Paul. He says in verses 25 through uh, 27 here, Men, you know that from this business we have our wealth. And you see in here that not only in Ephesus, but in almost all of Asia, this Paul has persuaded and turned away a great many people, saying that gods made with hands are not gods. And there is danger not only that this trade of ours may come into disrepute, but also that the temple of the great goddess Artemis may be counted as nothing, and that she may even be deposed from her magnificence, she whom all Asia and the world worship. Demetrius's problem with Paul can be broken down then into the following points. First of all, the making of images and shrines to the gods provided for the craftsmen's way of life. It was their source of income. So Paul has turned people throughout not only Ephesus, but in all of Asia, uh, away from uh, these gods and these images. What a testimony to the gospel and its transformative power within the lives of individuals that so many people were being affected by the message of the gospel that it was now actually having a financial impact, not only in Ephesus, but throughout uh, Asia Minor and throughout the Aegean world. Paul's message was that gods that were made with hands are not really gods at all. We saw this in Paul's message to the Athenians. Uh, Athens was the source of much uh, idol worship through many deities, Greek and Roman deities, that were being venerated there. There is now a danger, therefore, Demetrius says, that their source of income is going to dry up if people stop worshiping these deities uh, that they are making. There's also a danger, he says, that Artemis, the great goddess of Ephesus, would be denigrated in the eyes of the people. Now, Artemis was said to be the goddess of the hunt, of wilderness, of wild animals, and also of the moon and of chastity. She was also thought to assist women uh, in childbearing. Demetrius says that all Asia and all of the world worshipped Artemis. With their superstition related to the gods and goddesses, many people throughout Asia Minor traveled different places to worship these deities in their temples. And here they're traveling to the city of Ephesus, 
to worship Artemis. Uh, so they would have gotten a lot of people coming from around the Aegean world. In addition to this, uh, one reason why people would specifically visit the temple of Artemis in Ephesus is that they would dedicate an article of clothing after a successful childbirth. However, if a woman died in childbirth, it was also attributed to Artemis, who was thought to have taken their life. So Artemis can both uh, bless individuals in childbirth, but also is uh, seen as the one who um, takes out her wrath, her judgment on individuals if they don't survive uh, the childbearing process. Well, when the craftsmen hear the message of Demetrius, they are enraged. They're infuriated, probably as a result of uh, his persuasive argument that Paul is really going to disrupt their way of life if they continue to let this take place. And they begin to cry out together, great is Artemis of the Ephesians. Now, if you look at a city plan for the ancient city of Ephesus, the marketplace or the agora where the uh, craftsmen would have done their work, was very close to the center hub of the city, the main point, uh, the theater. The theater was uh, at the end of the Arcadian Way, a road that led from the harbor straight up to the main uh, road in the city, the Decumanus Maximus, or Cardo Maximus, and the um, theater was right there at the end of that Main Street from the harbor and the cross street that served as one of the other uh, major streets of the city. So the craftsmen uh, are concerned that their pocketbooks as well as their city pride uh, might be affected um, if Paul's message continues to expand. They do not want the uh, disruption of their way of life. And so the result of this is that the city is thrown into confusion and they rushed from the marketplace just a short ways over to the giant theater. The theater at Ephesus could hold about 25,000 people, which shows that the, the entire population of the city was probably a quarter of a million people at this time. So they drag with them two believers, Gaius and Aristarchus, who were Macedonians who'd been traveling with Paul on some of their journeys. And uh, this was likely meant to be a way of publicly shaming them, harassing them, or even harming them. And so in our next session, we will find out what happened to these two men, as well as to the Apostle Paul, during this very volatile situation. Thank you for listening to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. This ministry is possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit emmaus.edu partner.